You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We live, pal. Hey, we're live, pal. Woo. Is this the same music we've always had? No, it changed. Why? Why? I like it. Yeah, it I, wanted to, I, wanted, I wanted to pick it up a bit, you know? Is this the one that you were looping continuously the other day while we were figuring out the A-side that got stuck into my head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, we're live, pal. This is, of course, Jose Young's MAFighting.com here for another episode of the A-side. We're back to just Wednesdays now that we have fight weeks. And, of course, we had the debut show of Between the Links MMA Fighting, which I must remind you undefeated and undisputed champion of between the links jose youngs is your host of the a-side live chat joining me this week is as we like to call her on site i don't know where she is on my camera but cool alex not alex kaylee alex savis other way alex savis is joining us so alex how's i think the last time we talked to you were still in chicago no i was here been here since first week of april haven't uh, gotten out much but loving it so far well, for everyone listening, Alex will probably be on a lot more because, of course, she will most likely be uh, on one of the mainstays of the Wednesday episodes of the A-Side. Uh, Alex Keeley will pop in now and then with his bad music taste. And, of course, the man that will be on almost every episode, Casey Lydon. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Allegedly, Casey Lydon, the producer, mixer, soundboard guy, uh, human air horn, as he likes to do with our preview shows, post-fight shows, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> But, of course, this is not our show. This is your all show. You can leave a question on Twitter. You can go on the site. You can go on the YouTube comments. You can do whatever you want, and we can ask your questions. So, without further ado, Casey, do we have any questions on YouTube? Uh, We see a few on Twitter. Yeah, let me go straight to YouTube. Hold on. Oh, so many we miss PT questions. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like the the evil stepmother right now, and I was like, I'm not trying to be your new mom. I'm not trying to be the new PT. Nobody can replace Pizza in our hearts. Nobody, nobody can replace Pizza in our hearts, but Alex is here, and she is phenomenal. And she does great work. All the video clips and all the video stuff you see is Alex's work. So you, you, it's like when it's like when people were complaining that Casey all of a sudden appeared on the show, yeah. and they're like, when did this guy start covering MMA? And Casey's like, I don't know, 15 <laughs> years ago? Yeah. More than you guys have been watching. So first question from Marco Aceves. I'm sorry if I mis- mispronounced your name. Can we please get a moment of silence for Pizza every one right now try to put your foot behind <laughs> your head ready say go alex you can't put your foot behind your head right no definitely not uh, okay. Casey, are you now the most flexible person oh, on the show no, man i just i just I, ha- I had my first old man injury the other day too and uh, i started going back to muay thai and then my back just went all stupid and like i was like the first time ever i had like like 30 minutes in the 30 minutes in the class i was like no nah, i'm done i can't do anything <laughs> i know it was bad I think Wait, you're flexible? You can put your leg behind your head? 
I can look at my leg from where oh. I'm standing. That's about it. But yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I can't even get like I can barely get my leg above my waist. I'm probably the most inflexible person in all of MMA media. So yes, moment of silence for Pizzi. But Alex is here, and we are happy to have her. Thank so, you. Uh, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm getting some graphics from Esther now. Oh, sheesh, y'all. Twas a dream. If somebody tells me what that reference is from, hey. <laughs> now we have names. Uh, it me. <laughs> um, where do we get some questions from? Where did Esther put some questions in? Okay, oh here they are. Let me um shit. Ooh, hold on. It's gonna be all kind of messy, but we're doing it. We're doing it live. The wonders of live television. From <laughs> Jed Mishu. Ugh, hey, 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 Jose. Second time, long time. In the heated battle of Dana White versus John Oliver, who is winning? Hashtag Dumps McFight Man. Um, I have, I will be transparent. I have never once watched any sort of John Oliver content in my entire life. What? Not that I dislike the man or no, I don't know anything about him. I also don't really watch television in general. Like, I've ne- I don't think I've watched a talk show in its entirety. Or like, well, not a talk show, but what do you call like the, I don't even remember. What's not the Steve, the old Stephen Colbert show or Jon Stewart show? I've never watched those in my life either. So I couldn't, I don't know what was, I know he came up with UFC and like now the UFC is trademarking that. So Alex, you seemed aghast that I've never watched John Oliver. I mean, life. he's just, he's everywhere. I don't know. People are always referencing his videos. I think he's hysterical. In a battle of wit, John Oliver every day. Dana White would probably smash him in a physical battle, but <laughs> oh, I don't think John Oliver. Like, I don't think John Oliver is trying to actually fight Dana White. I think it was funny. He just, he just, man, like if come on, he, he they came up with UFC Brawlhamas instead of Fight Island. That's such a better name, the Brawlhamas. <laughs> They're so clever. You know what? I think it's funny that Dana was like, I don't know where people got this idea of like tiki huts and me sitting on a chair watching fights. I'm like, you guys are the ones that put out those Fight Island shirts, right? Wasn't it all? <laughs> Like, you did that. <laughs> Wasn't us. Yeah, like a lot of the fighters are like tweeting pictures of them wearing it. That's that's so. You're not wrong, but I will take your word for it. I don't dislike John Oliver for anyone asking. I just have. Ne- I don't watch TV anyway. Like if John, if something happens in the world, I finally usually find out on like I don't know an app or something. I just I, my TV is rarely ever on. I'm watching Mr. Robot right now finally. So that's like the first new television show I watched in like three or four years. So. Uh, <laughs> Cut me some slack, guys. So that was one I don't of, see. That was one of the gags on the show. What is the gag? Um, is that Dana White? No, that's not Dana White. Um, but you will submit. Well, because they, they they were making fun. Basically, the whole premise was they were make the Dana, John Oliver came up with the idea of UFC, and then Dana White went on I think TMZ to say, "Oh, I like that name," and we trademarked it. So, um, so John Oliver went back through all the trademark filings, and they found um, UFC trademarks that had um, expired. So they realized you will submit at expired. So they bought that trademark, and now they're selling you will you will submit onesies and stuff for uh, I think for COVID nineteen charities. So, Good, yeah. <laughs> so John Oliver's winning. Well, that, well, that yeah, definitely. I think does so. John is this a show where there's guests? Like I'm generally asking. No, this, no, this, no, usually no guests, especially in the. So show. it's like the John Stewart one where he's just talking into a camera with clips. Yeah, yeah, and they they have like oh. they have like packages. Of, they Is it like, HBO or HBO? What? HBO. Oh, yeah. I think they, and I think they've won three years in a row best variety show. 
I don't doubt it. Things. I mean, when I lived in LA, I saw his face everywhere. I just never watched it. Oh, it's we, funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh man, I gotta find the uh, find it later. But uh, me and Esther, we actually went to the studios and we got to sit at the desk and we took little photos of us sitting at his desk. It's like a really like I can I couldn't I can't tell desks apart. I can tell the Stephen Colbert one from his show because it seems kind of unique, but I can't tell him apart. Is it like hyper unique or is it just a desk? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's in a cool little set and everything. All right. All right. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. We got, we talk amongst yourselves. This, this, this picture will be worth it when I pull it up. Talk um, amongst yourselves. Guess who we figured out lives like right down the street from us. Who's that? Brennan Schaub. <laughs> you, so, Brennan, so, yeah. Where in LA? Uh, actually, you don't have to say where in LA. Like, do you see him out and about in one of his thousand cars? Yeah, so he's been posting is, like his, his, uh, his thick boy bike club, and he's been posting his routes, and we're like, that's like right around here, like the trails. And then the other day, um, we were just taking a walk around the neighborhood, and we saw an, a silver Aston Martin, which is one of his cars that he talks about. And PJ was like, 100%, that was Brendan's job. And then if you Google him, actually, it's not that hard to find celebrity addresses usually, especially like B-list, C-list celebrities. Weird. So, yeah, he's right about a mile away here. <laughs> For a long time, when I first dyed my hair silver and blonde, uh, I would get called Brandon Schaub's gay cousin <laughs> on social media and YouTube every single show. That's to awful. To the point where Brandon Schaub had to be like, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, find it later. Next question. So wait, so what's the final verdict? You guys say John Oliver, so I believe you. If Don, if John Oliver got Dana White to buy a trademark that he said as a joke, then I would imagine John Oliver is winning. Ten nine, John Oliver. Well, yeah. So twenty eighteen, because then he bought. Now he's selling. Uh, you will submit onesies. <laughs> For charity. Is, oh, is uh, Dumps McFight Man part of the gag? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they came up, but they came up with better names for Dana White because they thought that Dana White's <laughs> name was boring. So um, that was one of them. And then just Doug was one. <laughs> Doug's McFight man. Doug is a great name for Dana White. Yeah, like, ah, we like that. We Doug. like that. He goes, yeah, we like that name better. Imagine if it was Doug White. Ten out of ten. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, oh, this is this is funny. I'm wearing the same shirt. Look at this. <laughs> oh my gosh. When I picture Casey, like, you know how when you imagine someone, you usually have them in, like, some sort of article of clothing that they wear all the time. When I picture Casey, that is the shirt he's always <laughs> Look at those cheesins smiling. Yeah. You are so happy. I That's know, the yeah, most yeah. happy I've ever seen. Yeah, That's the most happy I've ever seen Casey. <laughs> we had to be real quick. They were like, okay, get it. Because get, get it. it was before the show was starting, so we weren't allowed to touch the desk or anything because they didn't want to leave fingerprints. So, like, okay, get in real quick. Take a quick photo, and then you leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Wait, wait. I think we got, but here is this. This one looks a little better. Look at that. Look at that. Hey. Unnatural. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Doo, doo, doo. Next question. Where are, the, where are the questions, Esther? Where'd you put the questions? Are they in the ASI folder? Hold on. Doo, doo, doo. Oh, that's a silly question. Hold on. <laughs> oh, okay, here's a good one. Gotta download them all. We need uh, music for question finding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is where uh, Pizzi shine. Do you think Felicia has a chance? Hashtag the A side. So I would imagine this is about Felicia Spencer, who of course challenges 
uh, UFC <laughs> two-weight champion Amanda Nunes and the main event of UFC 250 this weekend. Specifically, she is challenging for her featherweight championship. This will be the first time Amanda Nunes defends her 145-pound title to, as she looks to become the first fighter, and I will clarify this, the first fighter in UFC history to defend both titles while holding both titles. A lot of people got confused when I was on Between the Links when I said this because people were like, oh, Henry Cejudo, Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier never defended his light heavyweight title after he won the heavyweight championship. And Henry Cejudo relinquished the flyweight title before he defended his bantamweight title. So he never defended both while holding both at the same time. So Manningas will look to make history, not just male and female, but just in the annals of UFC. No one has done that before. So, uh, Alex, I will start with you because Casey and I have talked about this a lot on uh, various a-sides, preview shows, post-fight shows, whatever. Does Felicia Spencer have a shot against the woman many consider to be the greatest female fighter of all time? Of course she has a shot. You know, nobody would want to watch if she didn't. You know, she's a professional fighter. Amanda's only human. I'm not saying that the only chance Felicia has is if Amanda makes a mistake, but that can happen. That's one way that that goes. Um, and I just kind of, I'm not rooting for Amanda to lose, but I think if Felicia wins... That's going to be a huge moment, you know, for everybody who was one bitching about this pay-per-view main <laughs> event. If you don't like it, don't buy it. It's that simple. But anyway, so if this if this oh, fight ends up being a banger, that was very Dana White right there. If you don't like you it, don't, don't buy like, it. Wow. I mean, in all reality, like people bitching about it probably aren't even the ones paying for it anyway. So, how would you watch it otherwise? What are you talking about? You go to a, you go to a bar yeah. and you pay a five dollar cover. <laughs> there you go. I think she definitely has a chance. I don't think I'm picking Amanda Nunes to win, uh, but Felicia Spencer's and we've talked about this a lot. Her strengths are on the ground, grappling and wrestling. Uh, Amanda Nunes in the past has been susceptible to that, specifically against her Kazangano Alexis Davis fight. Casey, what were you going to say? I think. Coming coming into this fight, I thought it was a pick em fight. I'm so I th- I think very highly of Spencer, especially her strengths versus Amanda's weaknesses. But I think this fight is even more in Spencer's advantage now because of the small cage. This is less Ooh, room. interesting. This Never thought about room. that. Because for Amanda to, to for me for Amanda to win, she has to win she has to, she has to win this at distance and use her long use her probably equal reach and just basically pop um pop Felicia pop Spencer. From the outside a lot, but I think Spencer's really good at getting inside because he's gonna press Man against that cage, eventually get her down. And when Spencer's on top of Man and Nunez, I think she's just gonna wear her out. And then um, I think it's gonna be actually I think it's gonna be an ugly fight. Which all Spencer fight when, when Spencer kind of goes the distance, they are kind of ugly fights, but grueling. Not ugly in a bad way, but ugly in the sense that it's not just you no know, technical stand up war. It's just gonna be like a lot of the ground getting up, just like just. Yeah, just a lot of ground and pound and just hold, holding um, Amanda against the cage and on the ground. So She hasn't that. had a decision win in the UFC correctly, correct? Yeah, she's, she, two and, she's two and one with two submission wins or two stoppage wins, and then she went three rounds against Chris Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, it's, it's to go three rounds with Chris Cyborg in the UFC is no easy task. And, Amanda, uh, she's, and, and Felicia got beat up, but she never stopped moving forward. She was like... No, one of those like it was one of those fights. Sorry, it was one of those fights where um, the person that got their ass kicked somehow you were actually more impressed of that kind of fight, and that's why I felt yeah. Spencer's. Um, that's why I took away from Spencer's beating that she took from Cyborg. Well, we no. talked about this with like John Jones and Dominic Reyes. It's like when when the person who you're not expecting to dominate starts 
to make moves, it's perceived as like higher damage and, and, and doing better than the other person, even though it might not, you might not see that in the scorecard. So. Alex, do you think, uh, could you touch upon it briefly that like, we don't, it doesn't like to me, I'm not rooting for either one because like journalistic ethics and all that stuff, but <laughs> is it better for the featherweight division if they have like a legitimate featherweight champion that will just stay in their weight class defending all the time rather than someone has to go back and forth between two divisions? Yeah, of course. And then I think, you know, if Felicia does win this title. Um, I think that's going to show too that like, okay, Amanda's still obviously amazing, but now when you look at like the women's divisions, there's such dominant champions in all of them that people tend to see it as less competitive. Mm-hmm. And I really want to see that that perception change that, okay, these are really good matchups. And when the women headline a pay-per-view main event, people aren't, you know, turning the other way. So what else, who else is out there after Megan Anderson? that the UFC has. It seems like the, the Bellator featherweight division is uh, a little, a li- has a little more competition, uh, e- at least on paper than the UFC. So Felicia Spencer is rightfully the number one contender. We talked about this on between the links. I think people were arguing between Megan Anderson and Felicia Spencer. We were all in agreement. Felicia Spencer was the one to get this right. Yeah. And, then, and then if Megan Anderson wins her next one, even if she doesn't, she is next in line after that. Who is there? Unless they want to run re- rematches back and so on and so forth, but who knows? Right. I think. I mean, if this division starts to pick up, let's get more. Let's go. I don't understand why everyone's like, "Oh, it's really hard to build this division." I'm like, "Okay, but let's just try." Like, I don't know. It <laughs> it's would be frustrating to me. Felicia Spencer is also, uh, according to AK Lee, the first Canadian to challenge for a title since George St. Pierre fought Michael Bisping. And you know, they've been cl- clamoring for a champion for a while. So imagine. If Felicia Spencer becomes the next Canadian champion, I know Max Holler likes to claim Canada, but he's not actually Canadian, guys. <laughs> so, uh, from Marco, from another question from Marco Sasevis on on the YouTube comments, can Amanda be the goat of male and female if she keeps defending both? Interesting question, Alex. What say you? I just don't. I don't like the goat talk because I don't think that honestly, I don't think that professional MMA has been around long enough to have a goat. I don't think that the goat exists yet. I don't think we've met him or her. So it's fair. I think uh, to me, uh, I mean, there's no real goat talk, especially um, in um, ladies MMA, because um, like I don't know. I, I think everyone um, has lot, they they've all had kind of bad parts of their career. I mean, Amanda Nunes has been um, she's been finished twice. She has three losses. I mean, I mean, I think the run she's on right now may be the most dominant. Is up there with the most dominant runs. It's it's, it's up there with the the Rousey run right now. Um, that Rousey had, but as far as just dominance in her streak, but as far as her whole career, you know, Amanda has had ups and downs, so um, it's hard. It's hard to tell. And you, I know she wants to either take time off or hang them up at soon because she wants to start a family. Uh, so if she retires in the prime of her career, a la Henry Cejudo or George St. Pierre, we might have another conversation because uh, who knows? Maybe she might want to retire after this fight. I'm not saying that I've even heard anything, but like I said, who else is out there? at Featherway or Bantamweight right now. Uh, so thank you for the question, Seaside, on Twitter. From Ali in the YouTube question, few questions on Jan versus Aldo. First, who do you think wins? Second, do you think if Aljo versus Sanhagen winner could overtake Aldo with a big win and finally do, and finally, do you want Jose to win a belt again? I don't. Uh, well, to answer the third one. <laughs> I don't. I don't like, tell us how, how you really feel, Ali. <laughs> 
to answer the third one, I don't really have a feeling one way or another on wanting Jose Aldo to win a title. If he wins a title, he wins a title. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, in terms of Jan versus Aldo, I think Algermain deserves it over Aldo. I said, I've been on record a few times saying this. I don't think the winner of Aljo Sanhagen leapfrogs Jose Aldo, uh, uh, Aljamain and Corey Sanhagen leapfrogs Jose Aldo anytime soon. I think they're going to do Jan versus Aldo on Fight Island to as a big title fight to launch Fight Island. So I get it. Um, he's owned one in the division. He's not the most deserving. But for, in terms of bringing eyeballs to a product, of all four of those fighters, Jose Aldo is clearly the most famous. Uh, he has the biggest legacy in the sport. I talked about this uh, on, I can't remember, one of, one, one of the previous shows we did. <laughs> Russia can't be in the Olympics or the World Cup or anything right now for a while because of the anti-doping sanctions. Any type of sporting event they can have an athlete represent their country in is going to be massive. Like The Olympics to, in Russia is is the world stops. It is the biggest deal in the world when that happens because nothing is more important than representing their country. So Habib, rightfully so, I think is one of, if not the most followed individuals in the entire country. If Jan becomes the next Russian champion, he's going to be a megastar. If Jose Aldo wins the title, he's already a megastar. So this title, this fight makes sense in terms of getting eyes on the Fight Island product. Alex, your thoughts on all three questions this question will ask. Besides the Bantamweights that have been like really affected by Aldo, you know, coming into the division, like Aljo and Sanhagen, a lot of the other ones are actually kind of excited to have him in the division and wouldn't mind seeing him as the champion because it does bring a lot of eyes. So I'm not really against it because I'm all for whatever the look, I'm not in the Bantamweight division. So I have to look at the Bantamweight fighters and see what they think. If they're, if they're fine with it, then I'm fine with it. That's fine. Go for it. But obviously if I'm Aljo, I'm pissed. If I'm Sanhagen, I'm pissed, but they, you know, if they get their chance, fairly then then you know all is right with the world again but if they end up getting screwed out of this somehow then obviously no bueno but well like imagine i would imagine a scenario for Algermain and sanhagen who are fighting saturday is the winner of that fight will probably get the winner of jan aldo if peter jan beats Jose aldo and he becomes a superstar in the world of mma and russia all over the world that fight is going to be bigger and then Jose Aldo winning the title and then them fighting Jose Aldo for the title is going to be bigger. So silver lining for Algermain and Corey Sanhagen. They get to fight. They get a paycheck. They get on a pay-per-view card in the Apex. They don't have to travel far. Uh, and then they get to they get the bigger fight after against the actual champion. So silver lining for the Bantamweight division. Plus, there's a lot of Bantamweight fights on Why Saturday. Why do you Saturday think Saturday. them winning has anything to do with them getting a title shot? You're ridiculous. Are you not, are you not paying okay. attention? Are you not paying attention? You keep saying this is bigger, this is bigger, but then you say, oh, but this guy needs to win. It doesn't matter who wins. Such an right. idealist. It, it, also, like, it could dude, be dude, it could dude. be a dr- it could be a draw. Good point, Casey. Dude, you, no, Jan's not even get the title shot. It's gonna be Otto versus Cruz. Cause, oh, man. Because those, those are the biggest fight. fights, man. It's the big fight, man. You got to make the biggest fight possible, bro. doesn't matter who I wins. Think a fight against, uh, I think a fight between Jan and Aldo is bigger internationally than Cruz-Aldo for sure. I think Cruz is more famous in America. I don't think he's more famous around the world. Think- in terms of fighting, I think they know Cruz is a commentator. He's fought twice in, what, what three years? But what I'm saying is like, why wouldn't they give it to Cruz? Because it doesn't matter. Winning or losing has no has no relevance if you get the ti- if you get a title it's shot. True. It's just like it well, is true. former champion versus former champion. That's that sells better. And like, 
then in that logic, why not give it to Frankie Edgar? Boom. There you go. Three ways. He's coming off, he's coming off two losses, too. Yeah. Who's coming off three losses? Let's put him. Hey, anyone coming off three losses? Cody Garbrandt. Just pull him from the co-main event. Boom. Give him a title shot. <laughs> Cody Garbrandt needs to lose this Saturday, and he'll get a title shot. That's how it goes. Or better yet, let's just hold the Bantamweight division until TJ Dillashaw returns. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Matchmaking. Show over. Close everything down. <laughs> Matchmaking. Match. Uh, Alex, before we oh. sign this off, you're probably not going to do the preview show for who do you think wins between Jan and Aldo? I'm going Jan. And I, I'm going to have to agree with you. Uh, yeah. In the this two, PC Carroll has been calling Jan a future champion for about more than a year. Yeah, I'm so. not going to go against PT today. <laughs> Whatever PT says. <laughs> Auto auto misses weight and then he wins a close split decision. Oh, I wish. I love chaos. I love chaos so much. Dude, auto making one thirty five is gonna be that's still an issue. I mean, like, I mean, come on. I know you made one thirty six, but it's still like, whew. good luck, boys. All right, next question. Next question. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, okay. Valentino Safedine Tarhan on Twitter. If Spencer finishes Nunes, how high would you rank it amongst the biggest upsets in MMA history? Hashtag the A side. I think I answered this question on Between the Links, so I'll start with Alex. Where would this rank if Felicia Spencer finishes Amanda Nunes on Saturday night? I don't know. I guess I just don't see it as such a big upset. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that where you guys are kind of at? It's, uh, it's, not, it's not even an upset to me at all. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. I mean, seem like it's, that. it would be a betting upset, but yeah, if she, upset, I, yeah. I have yeah. a, I, it's, I'm going into this fight in the same way I went into the Weidman Anderson Silva fight, where yeah, Anderson is gonna be the favorite, and I picked him to. I, I didn't. I, I can't remember who I picked to win that fight actually, but going into that fight, I remember being like, Chris Weidman could very easily win this, and I wouldn't be surprised. I'm in that same, that same boat right now. So, uh, not even top five. So I guess if she goes out there and axe kicks Amanda Nunez, then it would be a massive upset. But if she just like takes her down and submits her in the second or third round, then no. I think so. It would depending on how this uh, fantasy scenario plays out. Yeah, if she, yeah. If she does axe kick Amanda Nunez like thirty seconds in, you know, or no. or if she just runs and just flying arm bars into a go-go planet, that would be a really big upset. I don't think anyone would see that coming. <laughs> You just haven't been paying attention, bro. Oh, my fault. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Answer is a big no. All right, all right. More questions. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, all right. Here we go. From Artful Bodger on the on the site, if. Is it known how many fights John Jones has left on his contract? Spelled John wrong. If it is, <laughs> if, no it is <laughs> if it is one or two, the threatened retirement could be a pre preemptive renegotiation ta- ta- tactic. But if it, if it is three plus, Dana can continue with shutting down any talk of more money, knowing JBJ can't fight elsewhere and would have no other option but continue to fight at his agreed rate or retire thought. So Casey Christian, if I'm wrong, but champions have like an extension in their contracts, correct? Yeah. Pretty much every major, every major promotion has that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's to clear up the, uh, leaving as champion to another promotion. 
Yeah, it's just like a, take the belt. It's it's one of those you guys don't have a union, deal with it, sign it or whatever. Right. Yeah. So if John Jones uh, gives up his title and fights out, yeah, sure, but there's no way he's gonna give up his title and continue to fight in the UFC. If he keeps his title, then he'll keep fighting. <laughs> so uh, retirement maybe, but then it could be a la Randy Couture. He retires, and then when he comes out of retirement, he's just back in the UFC. So it could be that scenario. What I think is gonna, I, what I think is gonna be interesting though is um, the UFC eventually, if he just if John just doesn't take fights then the UFC can't have a title fight. But what, but they have all these pay-per-views to sell. And you take away John, you take out a division. Like, you, like can, you, can you really sell Reyes? Jan has an interim title. Like, really sell it? You know, I mean, no. Because John, with John right there, just not fighting. I mean, they're going to try. I mean, I think John's in a great position. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people go, you can't do this. It's a pandemic or whatever. But. The, the, the UFC, is, they're not discounting their pay-per-views or anything. It's not like they're taking in less money. It's like, so it's like so John should get paid his, his what he feels is his market value, and he doesn't he doesn't feel it's met, and um, I think he's in a great position. Alex, what do you think of this John Jones versus Dana White feud we have going on? I don't think Dana White gives a fuck, to be honest with you. Whoa, whoa. We're in the internet here. Watch your language. (laughs) I really don't. I just, I don't think it matters how much is left on John's contract. I think, I mean, Dana White said, he said, if he wants to go, he can go like do, do whatever you want to do. It's not really his concern anymore. And does Dana White really fold to people? I haven't seen it. What would would Dana say? If you, if Dana's going to, do you think Dana publicly would go like, Oh crap! Okay, John. Um, shoot, you really put us in the corner here. Here, take take our bags of money. Publicly, right. Yeah. I mean, that's and uh, like he's John play. Jones is John Jones has tarnished his own name, but he's also tarnishing the UFC. And and you know, Dana White obviously isn't the best judge of character, but maybe he sees that in the long run. John Jones is kind of a wild card, and that could potentially be really bad business down the road. So if John wants to walk, maybe this is the best time. I don't know. This is prize fighting. Wild cards make the most money. Well, I was going to say, it's not like like everyone – like John Jones is the biggest draw in the light heavy division. We're all in agreement, right? There's mm-hmm. no one in the 205 pounds in the world that will draw more eyeballs than John Jones unless like a heavyweight decides to cut down or uh, even there's no middleweight that could even go up that could have the same impact of John Jones has on a card. So it's not like when Randy Couture retired and then all of a sudden Brock Lesnar emerged and Dana White could just slot him into a title fight and make a boatload of money. Uh, no, Dana White needs John Jones uh, to make to even make any sort of money, especially now with no gates, uh, where it's basically solely pay per view buys. Uh, and it's not like people could go to bars in some states; they have to stay at home and what have you. So, um, John Jones is in a good situation right now. Oh, not good situation, but I think I don't know how John Jones. It's it's in a world where John Jones has done what he's done. It's very interesting to see that he's making these moves now and he could be the one that starts a wheel of a union down the line which i don't think will happen either no that would be so insane i would that would be i said that on the a side and i'm not the a side between the links yeah. and i was like and I, when when the show ended i thought about it, i was like well, imagine a world where john jones kicks off a union it's like i don't know it's, yeah. it's a scenario i never thought i, I, about. I, I, I actually tweeted that earlier too it was like it, it felt like oh man like, like actually john's in a perfect position like to start a union because then he can like okay I'll take this fight but I want broadcast rights I want you no know, like you know every player in like NBA or, or MLB I think they get some cut of the broadcast rights you know 
but you know, of course, um, or even like video game rights. But mm-hmm. you know, UFC fighters get nothing. So hey, you know, it's like let me fight. Give me, give me half a percent of that. You know, broadcast deal you got with ESPN. You know. Um, here, I want to answer this question from Max Elkakui Holloway. Because I have actually, I didn't, this is, I hope, I'll let you read it. (laughs) Why has no MMA media covered Livia Souza becoming a professional esports player for CSGO? I don't even know what CSGO means. So if she is, that's awesome. Because esports, you can make a boatload of money and not get punched for a living, not have to cut weight. Uh, you're just playing a video game, which like just you playing? just like what I'm saying <laughs> is like you're not getting hit, you're not taking physical damage at all, and you're probably gonna make more money. Plus, I've covered esports events at ASU; they sold out arenas for till I can't even remember the game that I was playing. It was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. So, if that is true, hell yes, that is awesome. Shaq has a Shaq has an esports team. Rick Fox has an esports team. Celebrities are getting in the game now. So uh, if that is a reality, do that. <laughs> do, do, does anyone here follow esports? I, no, I don't personally. <laughs> I don't it's lost all. on me. I don't at all. But man, I've seen some of the videos of how many people watch it and everything, and even like the live events. I'm like, like this is insane. Like, and I have it, but that that world doesn't cross cross my whatever interest i mean i watch i've never like no one i've never sent around friends and go hey you guys catch the esports this weekend i went when i was (laughs) in la last big it's big it is so when i was in la last i stopped by a friend's house and he was watching the smash brothers like championship of the world on something the winner i don't even know what i was watching but apparently it was some massive comeback for the greatest player it's like when the red sox were down or when lebron was down three one and he won and he won, and he was like, them. he was like, yeah, another day. And then just streamers started, and fireworks went off, and like 50,000 people were going nuts. And he was like, all right. It was very bizarre to see, but I loved everything about it. Counter-Strike, all right. Yes, I Googled it. Counter-Strike. <laughs> Sorry. That's what CSGO means. I apologize. I can't believe Counter-Strike is still around. I, play, I played Counter-Strike in college. I didn't know that was still Never around. even heard of it. What? Never even heard of it. I don't, like, I don't watch a lot of TV, and I don't play a lot of video games, if any. So I apologize for my lack of knowledge in the television show and video game base. I love that someone called us noobs. That's so cute. I love it. I'm a noob. I love it. Definitely a noob. (laughs) In terms of games, yes. (laughs) Yeah. um, So if someone in the comments can like give me like a good YouTube video or something that kind of just some like 10 minute video that will make me fall in love with what esports is. Because clearly a lot of people are into it, and clearly there's a giant industry in it, and people. There's like a it. really good. There's a so really I'm, good. I, I want to know. I'm like, I just want to know. I'm, I'm very curious. Like, I got no, like. There's a really, really good documentary on it, uh, on Netflix. I watched where a guy from in Sweden or somewhere saw the potential and just started holding his own conventions, and then it blew up. So there's a really excellent documentary on esports and like it was it's from like years ago so it was like right when it was starting to get big but like to watch that and then watch where it is now it's very it's very cool. Before I was um, a full timer at MA Fighting, I picked up some freelance gigs and I was shooting um, camera, I was doing camera work for uh, what is this? I forgot what it's called, but basically it was a it was a it was like a gaming uh, a gaming uh, league, but the whole idea was that you were super stoned the whole time. 
So I went, <laughs> so I went to these Street Fighter conventions. So they had these the Street Fighter consoles and the big screen and everyone playing. But like, but everyone's just hitting massive hits, massive bong reps or like dabs or like like edibles. It was just like all this weed everywhere. And then they would play video games and like it was like a whole thing. There were like I don't know five five hundred people there and um and they were like getting paid to do this. Yeah, well they 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 were getting paid if they won the contest if they won that they would get paid. But um but the entire but the 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 league um they hired me to you know help do promotional videos for them. So was the weed used supplied or did they have to bring their own uh it's it, it, a little of both a little from call yeah a little call me a little also, call me, yeah was there like a, a minimum weed consumption criteria I, <laughs> these are all very good questions <laughs> yeah yeah no there, there was no yeah no usada wasn't there so everything was good yeah i don't know <laughs> It was just, but it was just interesting. Everyone was cool. That, but then once the, everyone started playing, man, they were they were in the zone. And then we did, I did like um, post game interviews with them. I asked them about the game, you know, like, what, so, so what did you think, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just like I was just like, it was interesting. It was yeah, it was interesting. And um, hey, no, and, and it's, I didn't I did not smoke any or partake anything because I had a very expensive camera I was filming with. But once I packed away, once I packed away my camera, we were kind of done, and then everyone was wrapping out. Then um, I was like, oh, let me go say hi to these um, little <laughs> weed shops around here. <laughs> and like, Whoa, I don't know how they played. I don't know. I don't know how anyone got home safely, to be honest. <laughs> and like, anytime I can watch someone do something that they are exceptionally good at, I will. One time when I when I hurt my leg, remember when I messed up my leg a few months ago because I stopped drinking coffee? That's another story for the side for a long time. Uh, I like, couldn't walk for like two days. I went down a rabbit hole and watched professional Tetris for about four hours, and I was enthralled. Oh it was unbelievable. God. So. Don't knock it until you watch it. Anyway, next question, Casey. Hey, um, Alex. Um, cool, Alex. Did you, yeah. did you just get any um, things on your phone for curfew? I just got one for curfew, 6 p.m. tonight. No, not Six. yet. Yeah. Arizona, it's 8. Hey, yeah. It doesn't even get dark to 8. So, like, your like, curfew oh. starts like... Man. In Arizona, they're this peaceful is, protesting, too. This is tyranny. I want to, to get a haircut at 6.15. This is tyranny. Doesn't Esther cut your hair? At six fifteen, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> outside in the street. Outside in the middle of the of the of the street. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Tyranny. Thank you, Artful Bodger. <laughs> you guys got silly names. All right. Um. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, here we go. This is a fun one. This is Max El Kukui asking all the women. Max El Kukui Holloway, what's one rule in MMA you would take out and one you would add? Casey, you train. What do you say? Uh, take away the stupid downward elbow. 12-6 elbow. I think that's like the answer. That just makes, that just, it just doesn't make sense because there's no, there's literally no such thing as a perfect. And obviously, uh, bring back uh, knees on the uh, rule, uh, knees to ground an opponent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Those MMA, are literally the MMA two would I be had. So much cooler, so much cooler. If you just need people, the, yeah. Those are the two I had. <laughs> okay, Matthew McConaughey. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I get, I, I get, I get like, I, I get a moment of zen when I think about like knees to the ground an opponent. <laughs> Alex, your thoughts on rules you would change or add? I don't know. This would involve some thinking. Uh, I just <laughs> wait. This is MMA. No thinking. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't know I don't that know. I would take away, but I guess I mean I, I, I'm a I'm a proponent of uh, open scoring, so I would add that. Uh, well, uh, we're talking rules. Not talking scoring and judging. We're talking just rules, young lady. 
What rule right, let's is bring back fish hooking is okay. Okay, fish hooking. There you go. I uh, I want Thanks, all. Sir. I want the unified rules to just be the same all on the planet. So you know, at the end, beginning of every broadcast, like uh, I just want to met. You know, we are in New York, and they follow this, 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 and this. And then the next week, they're in like Sioux Falls, and they're like, just so you know, Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls follows the other rule set. So I would like unified rules across the board. Soccer kicks need to be added. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Soccer kicks look great, but if you get your head stuck, it's they're they work in a ring. I don't think they work in octagon because if you get pinned against the fence and get soccer kicked while your head is trapped, that is not a good time. So don't I disagree. Don't get in that position, kicks. bro. Train harder. All right, easy, Train harder. Easier said. Train. Easier said than done, old man who hurts his back walking up the stairs. I didn't sneeze. We I, know I, how. I, I, I didn't know. do a Daniel Cormier and blow my back out sneezing. Although when yeah, I do what, when I do sneeze now, I kind of go. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a scary moment every time I sneeze. You got brace for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Stuck in that position. Okay, Dana. <laughs> All right. Uh, do, 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 do. Where is this question? Keep stretching, Alex. I see you stretching your arms. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Stretch, Alex. You're gonna get stretched. Out. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Beautiful day out, looking at palm trees. Happy girl today. <laughs> From Tina Moo, do you think we'll we'll get Jorge versus Colby? And if we do, do you think we also get a press conference? Yes and yes. <laughs> answer that. Alex, your thoughts on Jorge versus Colby? I'm into it. I love the drama. Sorry. <laughs> I want to see it. It's, you know, it's it's fun for me to watch. Why are you I hope there's a press conference. Why would you apologize for warning drama? That's a, that's a, pe- people don't watch this because they want to see the best versus the best. It's not as that's <laughs> that's like that's like maybe five percent of like actual pay per view sales. Oh, well, it's, it's the hold best on, guy. hold on. Even if there is drama or no drama, like these guys are top five welterweights yes, in the world. This is go. just. Take out the drama. This is an I love this fight anyway. So you're not supposed to admit that you like drama, though. You're supposed to be like everyone pretends that they just like the matchups, but really, (laughs) they both earned this spot. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, what are they ranked? Like two and three? Like that fight would honestly make sense if it happened in in terms of (laughs) rankings and skill sets and everything. I also like recently rewatched a lot of like what was Jorge Masvidal's old vlog, Tales from the Grind or whatever. Uh, yeah, where yeah. it was like came from like early UFC. It's like he's getting ready for his Michael Chiesa fight or his Pat Healy fight. And Colby Covington ragdolls Jorge Masvidal a lot when they're training. Uh, so I would like to see that fight happen now to see where how Jorge Masvidal handles. Also, Colby Covington doesn't train at uh, ATT anymore. So there's a lot of questions I would like <laughs> answered outside of the drama. So I love that fight regardless of the drama. Colby told Mike Heck, he probably told other people too, but I don't listen to anyone else's interviews, told him that he's got a, a bunch of uh, stuff up his sleeve, a bunch of information about Masvidal all up his sleeve. So I'm into that. Let's bring that out. Let's dig up the dirt. I love it. Oh, but I would also want to see Masvidal versus Usman first. Is there, is, Woodley versus Covington. There, are there any matchups within the top five guys? Or I guess Gilbert, you can throw Gilbert in there now, I guess. That you wouldn't want to see? Like, yeah, I don't want to see that. No. The, this is who I want to see. I want to see Gilbert versus Leon, Leon Edwards. I want to see Masvidal or Usman versus Masvidal, uh, Woodley versus Covington, and Steven Thompson versus Robbie Lawler. Where does that leave the best Walter White? Conor McGregor. Oh, my fault. He transcends the sport, so he can really do what he wants. <laughs> oh, the answer is Conor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson in 2021. <laughs> When fans can return. And Tony Ferguson is healthy. 
fans returning. You think like, like, like that's gonna ever happen? <laughs> this is our world. Another question from Ali: What what do you think the next main event for UFC 251 will be on July the 11th? <laughs> what a strange way to phrase that. I think it'll be Usman versus Masvidal and Jan versus Aldo Comey. Your thoughts? Hmm. This would this be domestic, or is that I don't know. What day is it? <laughs> like, how far is July 11? What are days? It's an interesting question. If it's Fight Island, if it's Fight Island. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the scenario. Usman Masvidal and Jan Aldo. I wouldn't hate that at all. I like that main and co-main event on Fight Island because I was talking about getting a lot of eyeballs on the Fight Island product. I think those two fights hit the nail on the head. That's just my opinion, though. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, because I can't think of anything else at the top of my head that would be the the big Fight Island premiere. Sure, why not? I mean, I do want. I'd rather see Kobe Masvidal first, but. I, I can see I can see the argument for Usman. I get it. But, but who's out of the running? No heavyweight. For what? No uh, for a big pay per view. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so uh, main event, main heavyweight. Let's go to weight classes. Okay. That's our heavyweight title shots. Like so, Stipe. That's Stipe. DC uh, will probably be in the fall. So we, then you have John's not going to be at July 11th. No, middleweight. Uh, probably not. Probably won't uh, be between Izzy. Costa and Izzy. Um, so you have Usman welterweight, welterweight would be the other one. Uh, lightweight, no, that just happened. That'll probably be in September, October. Um, featherweight, I have no idea what's going on with Volkanovski. He's in Australia anyway, so it's it would be a visa thing. Um, That's only a month. This is only phantom, a, this is only a month away too. Phantomweight would be what we were just talking about and then flyway isn't that rematch happening I, yeah. I, I kept seeing that so uh, july 18th that july, is what was reported july 8th what is, is that a fight night what is july 18th i don't know they haven't even announced that's just the reports the ufc hasn't even touched it yet so, so and then you have uh wiley's probably not fighting unless right because she wants to fight rose but rose was one of the ones that rose wasn't fighting on anytime rose is fighting on drudge yeah but that's also in the works right they oh. haven't officially announced that right <laughs> so, so 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 right now right, so and then amanda nunez is, is so unless fighting it, saturday fighting saturday so unless it's shevchenko which is she's in, she's injured right now she, she injured her knee so she probably wasn't she was supposed to fight in june so she pulled out yeah, so the only so Usman, so the so the welterweight title and the, and the bantamweight men's bantamweight title are really the only titles that can even be fought for for Correct. the big international fight week. Oh, wait, is it international fight week? Or is everything inter- I don't know. <laughs> Stop trying to think past tomorrow. Yeah, case. I know. Oh god. I'm I mean, think- that's just speculating too. Because if if we can get Volkanovski out, I mean, if they're allowing professional athletes to travel internationally then all that goes out the window anyway that's true that's true volkanovsky v holloway too and then for the thousandth time ortega ortega and korean zombie finally which better fucking happen God. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that our new um tony versus that's my that has been i was more excited for that fight than tony ferguson habib i've been asking for that fight since like 2015 people on this show know my feelings on that fight every time someone goes if you could book one fight right now what would it be i'm like ortega korean zombie fight just in front of me go (laughs) 
Uh, I think we know the answer to this question, but uh, I'm just going to... Man, Max Alcocui. Maybe because he has a cool avatar. That's why it, it, it always pops cool. out. If Calvillo can finish I, can she sneak ahead of Calderwood? Alex, no, your thoughts on, I'll ask you two questions. Your thoughts on the main event? Between Calvillo and I, there was a lot of outcry. Uh, Calvillo and I have made her, their comments known. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that ma- that fight headlining a fight night card in the Apex? And then can Cynthia Calvillo leapfrog Joanne Calderwood if she finishes Jessica I? Okay, so I, Calvillo main event. No, I don't have a problem with it. I think everybody knew I was going to say that. But, I mean, for God's sake, like, there's only so many fighters that are at one time uninjured or ready to fight or in camp or any, especially during the pandemic. Like, this is what it is. Everybody was begging for the fights to come back. Everybody wanted it so bad. And now here you go. We're doing it every weekend, sometimes three times a week. And now we got issues. Like, it's a fight night, number one, so it's free to watch. That's I don't understand the complaints there. If you don't want to watch Cavio and I, then don't. It doesn't really make that much of a difference. You want to watch the rest of the fights on the card, watch the rest of the fights on the card. What difference does it make besides the fact that it's going to be five rounds? So, no, I don't have a problem with it. Um, do I think if Cavio can finish I, that she sneaks ahead of Calderwood? No, I don't. Um, I just think because there's already been whispers of JoJo and Shevchenko that I, I just that fight was that, that fight official. Was that was an official fight, yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. So yeah. I, no, I don't think I don't think that's how that's gonna work. So I agree. I think the UFC has been trying to get Joanne Calderwood into a title fight ever since she debuted, uh, but she's always lost those number one contender fights. Like she lost to Marina Morose, uh, and then she also lost to Kalen Chukagian. Uh, she's come up. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. I know she did lose. Yeah, yeah, she did lose. I was just like, man, but- shit. Yeah. Well, officially she lost, but I didn't think she lost, but whatever. Sure. But uh, she lost on the scorecards yeah. and it was an L in, L in the, in the loss column. Uh, but I agree. I don't really care about like whether they main event or not. I don't really view it like that. Like when they announced it, I go, okay, that's the main event. I didn't, I think people are, are a little more upset because they thought they, I've seen a lot of, they want Sanhagen Sterling to be five rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a number one contender, which is fu- which I get if they made I, I like I like that fight better just because it's a number one contender fight, but I don't really care if Alve- I Calvillo headlines a fight night. Right. I don't. I don't, yeah, right. I don't think it's a big deal either. I thought um, it's just yeah. It's, I, I actually, I, I, it's I, not I, like fans can go in and watch anyway. It's like like Alex said, it's free to watch. Yeah, like, yeah. you don't have to p- just turn the television on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, I I I really sympathize with um. Uh, I and Cavillo, how they have now they have to answer all these questions or just yeah. see all this hate and like, or, or see all this negative feedback they get online. It's like, and but like, like Cynthia said, like, there, Dana White goes, Do you want to be in the main event? I'm supposed to go, they, What Cynthia supposed to go, no, because right, you know, right? fist punch 22 jerk faced at AOL <laughs> says, you know, I suck and you know, I should be in the prelims right. and no one it's cares like, and they don't care about like me. When- so they spend all this time writing comments how they don't care. So, yeah, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. It's like when CM Punk got signed for, like, a lot of more money than, like, a normal person would who's O and O. And people are like, why would he – Why would I'm like, if someone gave me $500,000 to play <laughs> shortstop for the Boston Red Sox for a week, you think I would say no? Like, don't – you would all say yes. Yeah. Like, you might not like that they, what that the UNC gave him that money or giving him a shot, but don't blame the fighter. Like, right. what are you getting? Like, no – I don't deserve. I don't deserve half a million dollars and to fulfill my dreams of fighting in the UFC. Nope, don't want to do it. Like, come there's on. A, there's a lot of things to be mad about in MMA, and this is not. This is not right. the, the the battle to fight. So no. it is. Uh, what Cynthia fought to a draw in her last fight, correctly? 
And she, but, uh, they, I, I think that both of them missed weight. Yeah, both Jessica missed weight by like a lot. Um, yeah, and she said it was because of her aunt. You know that that whole thing was the aunt. Was what was the joke? Aunt Flo. Aunt Flo. Yeah, get it. Lauren Murphy didn't buy. You get it, Alex. Aunt Flo, get it. I get, I get, well, actually, do you want to explain it to me a little bit more? Because you're a I think. woman, get up. <laughs> so we got some diversity, we got some diversity up here, so we, now we can talk about this. Well, look at that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't agree with what Lauren Murphy said because it's, it's, I mean, it's just science, but. You said you didn't agree with what Lauren Murphy said? Really? No. Oh, It absolutely we, affects your weight cut. Well, whether Casey or not you choose to ahead. By that much? Casey and I can't comment. I, I can't comment on this firsthand, so you explain why you disagree. Look, I'm not saying that that's why she <laughs> should she should have missed weight. You have to plan for that. And if you can't you can't do it, then don't take a fight around that time. Like we know what times of the month that that's going to happen. And um, yeah, it definitely affects your weight cut, but it shouldn't be the reason why you miss weight because you have to take that into account. So it definitely affects you. That's simple biology. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. I mean, where's my air horn button and air horn? There we go. <laughs> Good job, Alex. You need the you need the the more you know gift. Yeah, the more you know. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm I'm working on our cool soundboard. Don't worry. It's going. This, this show's going to get extra annoying in a couple. Don't weeks. Don't get rid of the Molly McCann air horns. <laughs> oh, 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 big, big question coming up. Big question. Here we go. Here we go. Everyone, get your thinking hats on. Uh oh. Alex, <laughs> from Maria Grown and Alex, what's your favorite kind of crystal? Um, what's the black one? Is it onyx? Yes. Yeah. Anything black, obviously. All right. That's what goes with my outfits. <laughs> That's a good answer. Casey, what's your favorite crystal you've never added to this this chatter? Uh um uh Tiger's Tiger's Eye. That, that's every, there you go. Tiger's Eye is a winner. Brian Keller fight Saturday. We'll see if you can make three and oh since getting his Tiger's Eye, and then I can rub it in Alex Kaylee's face. <laughs> Dude, I've be, before I met Brian Keller through the A side, and I I gotta admit, like I didn't think much of him, but like, man, I, I love that guy now. He's such a good, he's such, he's he's a thoughtful guy. He has he has thought. He's he, very well spoken. Very well spoken. And um, I don't think we released the interview yet, but um, uh, I we did an interview of him with Mike Heck, and um, we asked him about the performance of the night uh, bonus he got. And the fir- for the first time ever, I've he said, "No, nah, I think there were better fights on that card." <laughs> I was like, man. Oh yeah, that was a fight of the night, huh? That was a fight of the night. Yeah, he he goes, oh, I definitely deserve, I definitely deserve a knockout tonight, but you know, fight of the night. Oh, there were there were good fights. Well, Azure got his got that money, so that's good for him. Yeah, I mean, he was he was he's happy for you know my opponent got some money because you know he's because he's not because Brian Keller is not an asshole, so he's like, yeah, that's good for him. Also, Azure was winning that fight until he wasn't, until he got knocked out. I think. I mean, it was competitive. I think, yeah. He was winning. It was competitive, but I think Azure won the first round. I think he was 10 9 Azure before getting KO'd. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was totally winning before I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that those that was Robert Whitaker's words after he got knocked oh, out. Oh, I know. I get it. I, yeah. He's like, I was doing really well until I wasn't. I was like, Yeah. It's usually how fights work. <laughs> oh, wait, and like, it's how sports it, work. It seems like such a weird, like, obvious statement, but like, I totally get it. It makes a lot of sense. I was winning until I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Pat Barry was doing exceptionally well until he wasn't for that one second and then he lost jessica crystal crew with the blue <laughs> crystals there you go jessica send alex and casey some crystals yeah, all the crystals i saw i was driving down ventura boulevard and i saw like this whole crystal shop i'm gonna hit that up 
one thing. There's still one on Mel. Oh, I don't know if it's still there. There's a really cool looking one on Melrose that I used to walk by all the time when I lived in LA. Alex, are our shops being boarded up around you? Yeah, I think just preventatively. Um, jewelry shops and things with expensive things, stuff yeah, inside. Things like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. Um, I, li- I live in Inglewood, and um, no, knock on wood, Inglewood has been really actually calm right now. All, all, all the, Do you think it's because everyone's going downtown? I think so. I think so. Um, this is different because, yeah, because you know they're like in this. I think in the when they have in the sixty, they had like the Watts riots here, and they had no cars. Uh, with the Rodney King beatings, I think that was in Compton. Oh, I live so. so um, I, growing up in New England, like I obviously was don't remember the Rodney King riots, but I've seen all the photos. You know that really famous photo of the uh, in K Town of the guys up on the roof with the shotguns and everything. Wait, wait, wait Esterland chimed in about Crystal. We have a Crystal shop right around the right around here in the corner here in Anglewood. So Casey, there's no. Excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Dude, anyway, that, that was at, she just put me on blast on like in did. front of millions. millions. <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, what a B, but anyway, that really famous photo of the people on the roof with the shotguns. I lived across the street from that, and I moved there. I was like, This place looks super familiar. And then I looked up that photo and I was like, Oh, this is nuts that this happened right here on uh Wilshire, wow. near, near the Wiltern. Yeah. Any other questions, Casey? Uh, yeah. Got a few minutes left. But this, well, this has a question mark on it. So, Englewood up to no good. So, Casey, <laughs> the answer is no, right? Englewood up to no good. Hmm? <laughs> uh, no, we're up to plenty of good. I mean, there's a lot, lot of good in Englewood. Don't worry. Um, but Englewood uh, is up to good. How about that? It rhymes still. Englewood up to good. Bacon sandwich. <laughs> Why? Like just bacon on bread. <laughs> i guess like not even toast just like white bread and bacon <laughs> all right no thank you you're not you're not a man no i like huevos on my my sandwiches here we go do we see the from just my two cents on youtube comments do we see the stipe dc trilogy happening before the end of the year i will be pes- uh, optimistic and say yes Alex, uh, by the end of the year, what month is it? June? Yeah, there's plenty of time to go. I think so. I think we're going to need to move the heavyweight division ahead at some point. So, I think I absolutely think it will happen because 2020 is never going to end. It's the longest year ever. So mm. yeah, so yeah, 2020 won't end. I, I, so they're going to add extra months to the year. Like there's going to be a smart J. Yeah. Rocktober. I don't know. They'll add That's extra a good months point. because um yeah, twenty twenty <laughs> is the worst year. Um one of the worst years ever. So um at least in modern history. And um yeah, so but we'll end it we'll, say, we'll end it with a good we'll end it with a of a punch, of a good punch. Get it? I will say, uh for remember the Mayan calendar predicted two thousand twelve? Mm-hmm. I think they just got the last two numbers mixed up. It should be twenty twenty one. So a, a, a nine year Missing a, in in the grand scheme of things, like a millennia old prediction, missing by nine years is pretty good, if if you're going by scientific method. That's true. We're on the last uh, last of it here. It's been real. Oh, you know what? I've got a. Um, it's been real. This is, this is this is pretty interesting. We can talk. We can talk about this gentleman right here. Should Tyron Woodley move up to middleweight from Bubba King? Hmm. I don't think middleweight's the answer, but. Let's talk about Tyron Woodley in general. 
Let's talk about Tyron Woodley, who came up short to Gilbert Burns on last Saturday's main event at the UFC Apex. Uh, to say come up short would be an understatement. He got, in his words, like dominate. Like I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys both watched the IG video that he posted. He said he was like oddly at peace for a guy who just got beat up. Like he fully admitted it. Uh, he gave Gilbert Burns 100% of the credit, saying it wasn't a replay of the Kamara situation where he was had an out of body experience. He said, I was in it. Everything went great. I just lost. Very similar when I watched it to when Dominic Cruz lost to Cody Garbrandt. And no excuses. He's like, I just lost. That's It happens. So uh, Tyron Woodley makes no excuse. But Alex, what should Ty, What should the next move be for Tyron Woodley? I don't know. I, just, I don't think he should move to a different division. I just think that he, he's gotten beat by a couple of really amazing fighters. Like, that happens. So, I mean, sorry you're not champ anymore. So you might not be top five anymore. But you're still going to have a hell of a career, you know, living out the rest of your fights, you know, in the top ten or wherever you – see fit so i don't know i don't think every loss dictates a giant career change you know maybe you're just not the best in the world and that's fine it is what it is yeah um uh, i think um cool alex is right um yeah that's all i took away from it um I, I i still can't get over this thing in mma about how once you hit this certain level if you're not at that level that means mean you suck and you should never ever <laughs> fight again which i think is ridiculous right. it's like no, obviously, when Tyron hit his prime athletically, he was per- it was perfect timing. He was a champ. He was a long-running champ. He was a great UFC champ. He was a great. He's one of the best welterweights ever in his prime. He's Top a, he, five welterweights in MMA. Absolutely, history. absolutely. And what is he? Thirty-seven, thirty-eight now. Something like that. Yeah, so he's probably close. He's almost thirty-eight now. It's okay, dude. Like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like now, now you're a top ten welterweight, and now you will be now. Now this is the big issue that he he needs to deal with. He will be making less money per fight, so is it worth it for him? And from has every actually every good promotion does, they will use their former champions to build up new prospects. Because yeah. like, remember Anthony Smith fought Rashad Evans, and we all knew Anthony Smith was going to roll through Rashad Evans, but now we go, he just beat a former champion. You know, it's like, and so it, it adds that even though we know Rashad Evans wasn't anywhere near that, form, his similar to like. Paulo Costa, Johnny Hendricks, or yeah. all those guys that beat Hen and Burrell, like it's kind of a measuring stick. If you can beat a former champion, then you're good. So Tyron, so if Tyron Woodley wants to fight in the UFC, the reality is he will be used as a stepping stone for future prospects, for upcoming prospects. So that's on him if he wants to be that challenge and go. Okay, if you want, you, if you want to fight Kamar Usman, you gotta be, you gotta be able to beat a guy like me. So, um, and, and time we can, can still make good money doing that, but, um, is it worth the money? No, that's on, that's on him, but, um, he's still to me a very quality watch away and, um, yeah. And he's still a name. He can head like, if, even coming off two losses, if they announce like Robbie Lawler, time Willie headlines, UFC fight night in July or August, it'd be like, yeah. Like, that's a headline. Robbie Lawler and Tyron Woodley are names that they fought before. It's a rematch. So, uh, Tyron Woodley also is – I like is, that fight. I love that <laughs> yeah. fight. Um, if they – like, Tyron Woodley is very outspoken when it comes to social justice issues and what's going on in the world. He will – he uses his platform better than almost every fighter. Like, he's from Ferguson, and when the Ferguson riots were happening – he was very vocal about it, adamant. Wearing, I remember when he remember when he knocked out Dong Young Kim. He wore a St. Louis Cardinals baseball hat in China and talked about it. Um, so, the UFC needs fighters like Tyron Woodley 
Ty Woodley can use the USU's platform for st- the what he wants to say. And since he's still a name, string together three or four wins. Why can't he get another title shot? I mean, mm-hmm. we see guys get title shots off of less. Like, say he beats Rod <laughs> Lawler. Sorry about that. Right. Like, Tyron would like he beats uh, Robbie Lawler, it, or if they rebook Leon Edwards, beats Leon Edwards. Like, still a name. And like Alex said, you just lost to two top five fighters. You're not a bum. Yeah. Like, right. it's like Anthony Pettis. Who's he lost to? Literally name any of the 10 greatest lightweights Anthony Pettis has either beat them or lost to them. So you're not losing to quote-unquote bums in there, as Ryan Hall would say. Yeah. Now, the, the only, uh, I guess, uh, big warning I would have for Tyron is that is by taking too many fights after this, could it ruin his legacy? In the sense why I mean legacy is like, his potential earning his earning potential down the line, because right. I think of someone like BJ Penn. BJ Penn now he's not known as oh that was BJ Penn oh my god you know knocked out Kyle Uno and did all the like, Sean Shirk. You don't remember him for that now. Now you remember him for all his losses, all his you know his the uh, longest losing streak in UFC history. Yeah. So and and and, and before <laughs> that longest losing streak, he was considered the greatest lightweight ever. You know before you know Habib and everything. But, he, but, but the longest time, he was like what lightweights are, BJ Penn. And now he's not known as that. And, and yeah, it, it can, it's sad. And I actually, even more recently, I think of someone like Hinnom Burrell. Hinnom, people forget Hinnom Burrell was like pound for pound best, the best bantamweight ever. Now he just, we don't even like remember his name. Like, hey, remember Hinnom Burrell? Like, remember he used the main event pay-per-views or like up there? And if Tyron Woodley takes too many bad losses, then like you – it would kind of ruin his future legacy in the sense of, you know, sponsorships, you know, his um, his music career, um, things <laughs> like that. Uh, just, you know, just even seminars and things like that. What things that, you know, these these fighters can make a good living, gym, you know, running gyms and stuff. But if you're if he's remembered as this guy that got knocked out a bunch of times past his prime, then that's all you are. So um, that's all I'm, that's all I'm worried about with Tyron Woodley. But, but he's obviously a tough dude still. He lasted five rounds. I, could, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> or similar to, remember when Johnny Hendricks beat George St. Pierre? Think, think about Johnny now, Hendricks. Yeah, how his, um, his, what, what his legacy is now. It's, you think of him on, on the losses now. You don't remember that run that he had, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he just, he, he had, for a long time, he was the one with the touch of death. And then he beats Carlos Condit, I want to say, UFC, what, 159? And then fights George St. Pierre to a fight many people think he won. And then has two of the greatest fights I've ever seen against Robbie Lawler. Unbelievable. Yeah, now we don't even talk about him. All of this is really validating Henry Cejudo, I think. I I said that. 100%. Well said. Especially especially what Henry was making. Yeah. I always say, no, your legacy don't pay your mortgage. But your legacy does get you more money to appear on Dancing with the Stars or whatever. You know? So Yeah. Henry Cejudo could write another book and go on another book tour and make money off of that too. Like Henry Cejudo. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that, Alex. Uh, but any other questions, Casey, before we sign off this week? Nah, man, we good. We good. Uh, we good. All right. So that's the end of this episode of the A side. I'm sure you guys all enjoyed Alex's input. She's going to be back on a lot more Wednesdays, but Alex, anything you want to say to the fans before we sign off? No. <laughs> that's what i like to hear the <laughs> signature alex no. No. once we're ready to wrap up i'm wrapping let's go <laughs> case anything you want to say <laughs> well not to no nah, i can't fall 
Alex, Alex, nah. I was gonna say, Alex, go, go buy some artwork. You got nothing on your walls. What's going on? Oh, it's here. It's sitting on my balcony. I haven't opened the boxes yet. <laughs> you lazy bum. You lazy. I know. Bum. You lazy bum. He says. <laughs> I have a lot going on. Okay, I gotta go shopping. Oh wait, no, I can't uh, do it. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, I just want to say, oh, my promo. Um, thank you, oh, my promo. Thank you to all the. Um, oh, I'm gonna get all the, all the weird hate now. But thank you to all the fighters like Izzy, uh, Juan Adams. Um, I think um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna forget a few, but Leslie Smith, Stipe was Stipe, Stipe, Stipe was um, even even people even um, journalists like Ara Hawani. Thank you for for putting their name out there and speaking in support of the protesters out there on the streets. And um, this is a very very fucked up world we're in right now, but. Um, we do have mixed martial arts. We do have prize fighting right now. So um, let's enjoy it and um, watch some good fights and support your friends and support um, your black community. And um, yeah, BLM. Stay safe. Stay safe out there. Let's not forget we're also still in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. <laughs> so protest. Be careful. That's all I have to say. Anyway, for Jose, that's Alex. That's Casey. We'll be back next Wednesday. I'm going to Vegas tomorrow, so you can stick on this YouTube channel. Uh, from all of your USC 250 content, I'll be driving, but Casey and Alex and the rest of the crew will be holding down the fort on the UFC 250 Virtual Media Day, which uh, every single Virtual fight card I've been to, <laughs> every single fight week I've been to, the UFC PR has asked for, well, what can we do better? And we're always like, you need a better camera, you need a better mic, you need to do this and that for Virtual Media Day. So if they fix it, uh, we've been telling them. At the, at, during every fight, but we're out. We'll see you next Wednesday. Burr, 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 burr. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.